Good morning. What's up? Happy Wednesday, my friends. I'm here with my good friend, Randy Clegg. Randy, how are you doing? I am doing great, Easton, man. It's so good to see you. So good to see you. Randy and I are, he. I consider him one of my best friends and biggest mentors in my life. He and I work together. Um, we're both seminary teachers and we had the opportunity to work together. So I just love this man. Um, just to give an introduction to our episode today, um, by the way, this is our Learning Christ podcast. Excited for everybody to be here. But on Wednesdays, we're doing something super exciting. Wednesdays are going to be our Wise Wednesdays, where we're bringing in different, smarter, I don't want to say older, because Randy, you're like, what, 25, 26? Oh, of course. And, <laughs> and, and you have to know that uh, you might have called me your mentor, but but we know, we both know who was mentoring. Oh, come on, Randy. Um, but Wednesdays, we're going to just bring in some some more experienced people, some people who can maybe give some more advice to young adults who've already gone through that point in their life. Randy is father of five, awesome kids. I've met many of them, and I love them all very much. Um, additionally, he went to school at both UVU and USU, um, and he received his master's at USU. And he's a smart dude. He's been in seminary and institutes for about what twenty plus years, um, including student teaching. Yeah, it's it's been about that, which is just incredible. So he's a smart guy. He's where I want to be in twenty years, and I just love him with my whole heart. So Randy, let's talk about come follow me this week. What have you learned? What have you been feeling? What what stuck out to you? Well, thank you, Easton, and and sincerely, I hope that in twenty years this this is where you are because. <laughs> And I love what you're doing with this podcast. I think it's way cool. Thanks. So uh, come follow me. Um, I love, I love John and I love the book of John. I, I've, <laughs> it's funny to use the word love and instantly you think of John because of course he, he felt like he was the one that Jesus loved most and, you know, wasn't shy about saying that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it's really interesting the perspective that he's written from and and some of the things that he chooses to focus on. Um, it, I, I do want to mention this, that I imagine that some of you watch The Chosen and I uh, I love that series. And, and in the second season, episode one, I'm remembering that John there's just this really cool like flashback where where it, it it's well it's you know you could say flashback or flash forward but but essentially John is is uh after the savior's been crucified and resurrected it's kind of after the fact and he's he's writing his record and and you just see him and he's talking to Mary and you know very much treating her like his own mother which I thought was really cool and yeah and uh, and then just this idea that John is 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 just trying to capture how do I start my record? Like yeah. what what do I say mm -hmm. about the the Son of God and my best friend and yeah. and just wanting to find the right words to to begin this record? And so um, anyway, I just thought that was a really cool portrayal of that. And uh, and I and so. With that in mind, I, I just absolutely love the way that John starts the record. Yeah. Um, that, you know, in the beginning was the word. And uh, it's it's just, and it, it seems to be kind of this, 
almost nostalgic, just known part of the scriptures that everybody loves. Yeah. Just like looking back to the good old days. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I, you know, I started to read through this and there immediately there was a phrase that caught my attention and, uh, and, and I want to ask you, um, Easton, if you'll, uh, you know, our, uh, our audience can also think about this, what, what comes to mind. Uh, but when you hear the phrase, oh, this is the life. Yeah. Like what? what immediately comes to mind for you? If like, what would you be doing or like, what, what would be your, uh, what, what would you be doing in that moment where you would say, Oh, this is a life. Uh-huh. I remember there was this time I, on my senior trip for my senior trip, my friends and I, we like rented a houseboat and went out to Lake Powell. And so we had like a bunch of ski boats there and we were all just having fun. But I just remember so vividly, there was this moment where we're driving and obviously there's red rocks all around us. But we're riding out on on our boat and we're cruising and the sun is setting and my friends and I are all just singing loud. And I just remember in that moment just thinking like, wow, it does not get better than this. Like this is the greatest that life can get. This is the peak of life. Oh, I, I, you speak, you're speaking my language because Lake (laughs) Powell is like sincerely in my top three of favorite places. Oh, yeah. Of, you know, to go anywhere and yeah. it would be Lake Powell. Mm-hmm. So um, it's funny you would say Lake Powell because I, I can also remember as a young adult being in Lake Powell with a bunch of speedboats mm-hmm. camping on the beach. And I can remember like, like when you said that, I vividly remember myself doing a 360 on a, on a kneeboard, uh-huh. just like the sun setting and the, and that just totally calm and my hands like just trickling over the waters as I'm, you know, oh, like <laughs> that is it. Uh, that is the life. The only thing that maybe could parallel that would be sitting at an ocean somewhere drinking a pina colada. But, um, but you know, so it, it's funny because when I think of the moments where, um, where it's like an, a, a, this is the life kind of moment, it just is so relaxing and it's so rewarding and it, and it's just, it's memorable and it, and it's meaningful. And, uh, and when I was reading in the beginning of John, let me grab my scriptures here. It, um, in verse four, it says this phrase, and it just really caught my attention. In him was life. And I just, just that, and I, I just highlighted that. And I just, and I just sat there and pondered about that for a minute of like, what oh, in him <laughs> is life. Yeah. And, um, and so I, you know, I, I would just invite all of us to consider what, what are you doing in your life to make that happen, to Mm -hmm. have moments with the son of God, when, because you enter into his rest, because you find light and life in, in him, that, that you're just at peace, you, you know, you're, um, you've set cell, you're, you're, you know, there, you're, there's no, you know, there's no sandy foundation. You're on, you're on solid ground that in him, like yeah. in him is life. And, and I, I just think that um, it would, it would do well for us to consider 
the ways that we come unto Christ so that that we have more of those moments where we're just like, oh, this is the life. Like being in the temple or or having a, sa- a really meaningful sacrament meeting or just a really good scripture study or after a really good date where just super positive things mm-hmm. have happened and conversation has been centered on on just on gospel things and and on christ and on filling the spirit and what what life is really about and just like real real you know that those are the the moments that i think we should look for more often is the the this is the life moments that that can involve our savior i love that i think personally i think back my my friends my roommates and i Every Tuesday, we do a come follow me study at my apartment. It's Tuesday nights. It's maybe 30 minutes. But um, last Tuesday, I remember we all, we had a little bit bigger group than usual. We were talking all about the Savior. It was it was Luke 2 last week. And so we were talking, like, what does it mean that he's the Savior? What has he saved us from? And so we all just kind of went around, four or five of us, and we all just shared meaningful experiences where we came to know Christ as our Savior, where he saved us from different things. We weren't, we, we weren't necessarily talking about sin, but just the difficulties in life, how he saved us. And I just remember like feeling in that moment, well, like I just felt so safe. I felt so much comfort. I felt so much love from God and from my friends. And it's a very similar feeling of like, this is the life. This, this is what the celestial kingdom is going to be like, is just us sitting and worshiping and loving type, type feelings and vibe, you know? Oh, that's so cool. I, I love, I, you had, of this is the life moment. Yeah. And uh I I love what you're doing with your friends on Tuesdays. And um I there, there's another part of John that that we may jump to here a little bit later that that uh that I want to highlight um in, in a way of what you're doing on those Tuesdays. So I, I think that's way cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um are you okay if I kind of build uh just a little bit on that thought of, yeah, uh, so. of this is of you know it, him being the life? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um just going back to that verse, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light. And I I just I know that Jesus Christ is the light of all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And what's so cool about this is that John knew it. And and Jesus's cousin John the Baptist he knew it, and so now we we get a little bit of, um, you know John saying talking a little bit about John the Baptist mm-hmm. in the next part here, and um, and and we also know that that John himself considered you know we hear him say later on in his account that the world itself could not contain the book should, that should be written, and and we hear John saying things like I'm not even worthy to you know, tie his laces or, you know, the, um, it, it's just like you, John, John, the beloved also feels that way, but, but we see this little, this message about John the Baptist and, and, uh, and so we go a little further in the account and it says in verse seven, uh, that John came to be a witness, to bear witness of the light and that he was not the light but sent to bear witness of that light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so John really, he really understood that Jesus Christ is the light and that, that he, but he has a mission 
along with the Savior to be a light. Mm -hmm. And as I read that, it, it reminded me of, of this idea of, um, of a lower light. Yeah. And when you first hear that, you know, Easton, what do you, when you first hear lower light, what does that make you think of? Well, the very first time I heard it, I, I, you just immediately think like maybe more a suppressed light or one that's not as bright. Like, I don't know. My thought doesn't go specifically to like great things, you know? Right. Right. But, but rather, um, and, and I would say the same thing, like, that's what, that's what I would immediately think is, oh, it's just, it's not as an important of a light. Yeah. Um, but, but a lower light is something so significant um, that, it, that it can't be overlooked. And I want to, um, if I could just share a little story. When I thought about that, I was reminded of this, yeah. uh, this little analogy, this, this, I guess you could call it a parable, but um, uh, forgive me, I'll read this one. And so uh, it, it goes this way. Um, On a foggy night, the captain of a large ship saw what appeared to be another ship's light approaching in the distance. The other ship was on a course that would mean a head-to-head -head collision. Quickly, the captain signaled to the approaching ship, please change your course 10 degrees west. The reply came, blinking back through the thick fog, you change your course 10 degrees east. Indignantly, the captain pulled rank and shot a message back to the other ship, saying, I am a sea captain of 35 years experience. Change your course 10 degrees east. West. Without hesitation, the signal flashed back. I am a seaman, fourth class. You change your course 10 degrees east. Enraged, the captain realized they were approaching each other and would quickly, it would end in a crash within minutes. So he blazed his final warning. I am a 50,000 ton freighter. Change your course 10 degrees west. A simple message winked back. I am a lighthouse. You change your course. I uh, I wonder if sometimes that's how we treat the Savior, where we're like, oh, I know, I know better, and I'm trying to be a light, and I, you know, and do you know, I'm doing my best to do this or do that, and I, but I know what's best when the reality is, he. He is the light. He's the master. He's the lighthouse. And, um, and, and it's so important for us to recognize uh, him as such, uh, as the lighthouse. Now, um, in the process of that, though, it's really important that we understand that the Savior uses lower lights, yeah. that, uh, that, that he lets us be involved in the work. Uh, and what a blessing it is uh, to be involved in the work. And and um, I'm reminded of this. Uh, there's a hymn that I think highlights what that really looks like. And I, I can see you nodding your head. It brightly oh, being. Favorite right? hymns. Uh -huh. Yeah, I love it. So listen to these words from the from the hymn, Brightly Beams. Brightly beams our father's mercy from his lighthouse evermore. But to us, he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. Now, now to just explain that, in order for a lighthouse to really work, it requires a lower light. The lighthouse itself is the higher portion and, and where the light is 
uh, you know, that that's super, super bright. And that becomes something that's that a ship can see from a long distance. But as they start to approach the harbor, it's it's necessary to have a lower light because what happens is uh, a seaman or a captain, they'll line up this upper light, mm -hmm. this really bright light with what is a lower light on the shore. And when the two of those line up, that points the course that they can come in safely in the harbor. And so um, so he says, to us, he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. And then it continues, let the lower lights be burning, send a gleam across the wave, because that's kind of more the, you know, you'll see the lights flicker off the wave and you line up those two lights. Yeah. And, and then this idea, some poor fainting, struggling seaman, you may rescue, you may save. You'll you'll have the opportunity as a lower light to kind of help the those that are on this ship to, to make it in. Um, the second verse is really cool as well. Dark the night of sin is settled, loud the angry, angry billows roar. Eager eyes are watching, longing for the lights along the shore. Um, there's there are others that are watching for our lights. And then we're 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 told, we're invited, trim your feeble lamp. It's interesting that, that word feeble, uh, but still so important. He says, trim my feeble, your feeble lamp, my brother, some poor sailor tempest tossed, trying now to make the harbor in the darkness may be lost. And then, of course, the chorus continues, let the lower lights be burning. Mm -hmm. um, what a cool message that how important it is that these uh, that these two lights line up and that we can direct um, our friends and loved ones to the Savior. Uh, there's another story I was reminded of that I won't tell the whole story, but Elder Packer, um, he shared a, an example of the lower lights and how important that that they are. Um, essentially, there was a major tropical storm, and they were they were not able to fly in a plane to get to a destination, uh, Molofuana, I believe is what it was called, um, and they they weren't able to get uh, there because the the plane couldn't land because of how much water there was and so they were forced to take another route and that was to to go on a ship and he just talks about how they they didn't realize they were heading into a tropical storm and uh and so they they were fighting through the storm and then they see they see the light they see the lighthouse and they know they're supposed to go this direction but then he describes how they kept looking for the lower light and uh, and essentially, they never found uh, it, it was never there. And so they would try to approach the 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 harbor and they would they had a flashlight on their on their ship and they would, you know, flash it and try to look and see what direction they should go. But all they could see was the rocks and then they would pull back and then try to go forward and then pull back. But they, they couldn't line it up because there wasn't a lower light. Well, what they found out was that. Um, there were two brethren that had been given the mission to be the lower lights mm. and they, they had done so for a little while, but they had gotten tired and fallen asleep. And, uh, and so they, they weren't able to get into that Harbor and they had to travel 40 miles around uh, to another Harbor and then find their way and eventually get to the conference. Um, interestingly, ever Elder Packer never he ne he didn't want to know who those brethren were. It didn't matter, but 
but the lesson in it was how significant and how important it is to be a lower light, That's... Uh, to be a light that can shine. So maybe I may I ask a question. How would you recommend in all of your experience, how can we be lower lights? What do we need to do to be a lower light to our friends and families? You know, um, two things come to mind. And the first one is, uh, uh, and this one has absolutely blessed my life. It's to be, um, be, be one that is seeking to develop the character of Christ. Hmm. Uh, some of you may have, have heard that talk that Elder Bednar gives titled the character of Christ. And, uh, I, that changed my life when I started to, to look at situations in, in seeking to be like him and develop his character and, and to respond with those, with that character in my own life. Uh, that's really helped me to be a lower light. And the second thing that comes to mind is actually in this, um, a little later in John's account, you see, uh, in, in verse 39, that um, the savior says, come and see. And it says they came and saw. It's just a coolest, come and see, they came and saw. Yeah. And uh, and they went to his house. They went where he abode. So he, like you do on Tuesday nights, Easton, he invites people to come to his house and spend some time with them. And then what's so cool is that Andrew, it says, brought Peter. And this is Simon Peter, right? He's going to be, you know, the chief apostle, the prophet. Andrew brings him, it just says in 42, and he brought him to Jesus and he got to see Jesus. Yeah. And then it, further down in 45, Philip, it says, found Nathaniel and says, we found him. And then it, again, Philip says in 46, come and see. So I, I would just say that if you want to be a lower light, that you invite people to come and see, there is so much power in an invitation to just simply say, come with me come to this activity, come to this talk, this, you know, this fireside, come to church with me, go, come on a date with me, <laughs> you know, what, whatever it is, but um, invite people to come and see, and then let them see your character, you know, in your character, the character of Christ. And that lower light will, will point them to that, to that lighthouse, that, that higher light. I love that. It literally does not get more simple than just those three words. Just come and see, come and see how it is. And specifically, as, as we talk to our young adult friends, I just want to, you to think, what friends do I have? Not I don't just want us to think non-members, people who aren't members of the church, but I want you to think of everybody, maybe the people who aren't being invited as much, who maybe have fallen down the wrong cracks, who, who just aren't involved like they should be. Those are the people we should be inviting. Those are some of the people we should be focusing on. Because we just need to help them feel that love of God, that love of Christ, and that light that so many young adults just ooze and 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 show off to the world. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Well, Randy, um, do you have anything you want to add, or or I have a, one last question I want to ask you? Uh, you know, I honestly that those were kind of the main the main things that I saw in John. So I, I'd be happy to answer another question if you'd like. Okay, just this last question. I want you to imagine you're back my, back our age, between 2018, 28, somewhere around there. You're a young adult. What advice would you give yourself? Uh, that is a really good question. Um, I... 
I would say keep loving life because mm. I did. Yeah. Um, I loved being able to to kind of go and do things whenever I wanted, wherever I wanted, that kind of thing. And just, and I, I had a really, um, really incredible young adult experience. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, I'll, I'll, I have to say this, during my uh, time of being single, I actually started to write a book. Oh, wow. And, uh, and the book title was Anxiously Engaged, Unengaged. Mm, that's clever and uh you get it right so <laughs> it's so it's this idea you know of just remaining anxiously engaged in a good cause and ironically I, I never finished the book because I got engaged I got married so <laughs> maybe I should still write that book <laughs> um, but be anxiously engaged and and you know um man nobody nobody wants to be treated like they're just somebody somebody else they everyone wants to be treated like they're somebody special and and so maybe i would just give myself that advice to remember to to treat people really kindly and and uh, treat everyone like they're special and, and just be anxiously engaged in the work and just keep keep loving life i love that just keep loving life i feel like that's been kind of a, a over our guiding arts that we've talked about is just love life just have those moments where you're like ah this is the life life is so good well, Randy, I love you. I'm so grateful that I've been able to talk to you today and I'm grateful for your testimony. Um, oh, we're just so grateful for you. I just am so excited for everybody to hear this message because it's just powerful. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, happy to do it anytime, Easton. Sure love you, brother. Love you too. I just want to give a quick invitation to everybody. Go and share this podcast with all your friends. Start on your Instagram, Facebook stories. We need as many people to hear this message as you can. I love you so much, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. See you, brother. See ya.